0: Do you want to be able to read people's mind through their art? Do you want to know why art makes you feel the way you do? Stay tuned to find out. Hey Cindy, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm feeling a little bit sick today, but it's alright. How are you? I'm alright too. I basically just woke up, but I'm feeling good. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. Like I should. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? Today we are going
1: to talk about the interplay between graphic design and psychology.
0: Dang, that sounds super confusing, doesn't it? A little bit, but it's not as confusing as you nah, think. Nah. We're gonna break it down. <laughs> but first, we should introduce ourselves better. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, so everyone else can learn about you. So, my name's Sydney. And- hey, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you poor thing. <laughs> and I've been um. This is my second year doing graphic design and I've been doing um, art basically my whole life, so I'm very excited about this.
0: Awesome, awesome. What about you? So, I'm Lizzie. I started off in the psychology program. I was really interested about it at first, but I realized I didn't want to counsel people, so now I'm in the graphic design and interior design program. And I'm super excited for this podcast because this is my favorite thing to talk about. (laughs) Very nice. So what exactly does the interplay between graphic design and psychology actually mean? Well, designers first start by thinking and then creating, right?
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, there are various subconscious neural processes
0: that happen when a designer creates something. The behavior is related to the structure of the personality and conditioned by rational and emotional aspects. Consciousness exerts little control over our behavior, and at different times we can show different behaviors as a consequence of age, but also due to the social conditions of the movement. The billions of neurons, or nerve cells, which underlie all activity in the nervous system, form a communication network that coordinates all body systems and enables them to function. Neurons usually receive messages from other neurons through short fibers called dendrites, which pick up the messages and carry them to the cell body of the neuron. The neurons that carry messages from the sensory organs to the brain or spinal cord are called sensory afferent neurons. The neurons that carry messages from the spine or spinal cord to the muscles and glands are called motor or ephrinet neurons. The neurons that carry messages from one neuron to another are known as inner neurons or associative neurons. The axon carries messages that leave the cell. A group of axons that form bundles make up a nerve. Some axons are covered with a myelin sheath made up of a gylol cell the myelin sheath increases the efficiency of the neuron and provides insulation until finally that light bulb moment happens and what exactly does this have to do with the graphic designer
1: these mental processes are displayed graphically through these three disciplines gestalt principles
0: shape psychology and color psychology Today, we're going to dive into these three things that she just talked about. Let's get into it. <laughs> the first topic we're going to talk about is gestalt principles. So, just a question. Okay. Don't question? make fun of me. Okay, I'm not going to make fun of you. Did someone named Gestalt come up with this? <laughs> mm, no. No, I thought so too. But <laughs> no, it's not a silly question. But, but yeah, the creator of this gestalt principles was actually just some old guy but (gasps) (laughs) none of them were actually named gestalt that's crazy yeah but (laughs) (laughs) yeah but anyway they have a large role in the interplay between graphic design and psychology so yes gestalt principles were created to take advantage of the natural human brain these principles were made from what we are humans are wired to notice. So the five principles that this includes is sil- similarity, continuation, closure, proximity, and figure, ground.
1: Yeah, so similarity is Objects being grouped together based on shape, color, or size, regardless of their orientation on the page. Human nature groups similar things together without even trying.
0: So, so could you give me some type of example of this?
1: Yeah, so, if you were looking at a page full of white triangles, and there were three orange triangles, you would group them together. Alright. Very good example. Yeah. And then continuation, it's the act, action of carrying something on over a period of time or the process of being carried on. The Gestalt principle of continuation is the tendency of the human eye to follow a continuous path, be it lines, curves, or intersections, until the it encounters another path or intersection. So, closure is when someone... I'm so sorry. Okay, good. Okay, so closure is when one unconsciously tends to complete a triangle or square that has gaps in one of its sides. Closure is an illusion of seeing the
0: incomplete um, shape as though it were whole. Okay. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, so proximity is. Nearest of one thing or person to another. So, an example of this would be a bunch of circles in a vertical line next to another vertical line of circles or that horizontally. Yeah.
1: Bigger ground. The principle states that people instinctively perceive objects as the other being in the foreground or the
0: background. Right. So now we're gonna talk about shape psychology. So the psychology of shapes, all different
1: shapes can make you feel different things and they're put purposefully to mean different things in artwork. For example, the circle signifies love and unity.
2: These circles, ovals, and ellipses have a positive emotional message that can be attached to community, friendship, love, and relationships, as well as unity. So for example, take a look at the Olympics logo. This shows how all nations come together for one single event and uniting as one entity.
0: So if you're looking at a square, it represents stability and balance. It can depict strength and professionalism, efficiency, it prevails in a logo, sorry.
1: So the triangle conveys mystery and power. It's often used in like sci-fi posters and religious or law-related brands.
2: So squares and triangles can suggest stability, balance, strength, professionalism, efficiency, power, and masculinity.
0: Vertical lines and horizontal lines both depict different things and shape psychology. A vertical line can communicate commitment and strength. When used in a logo, it reflects goals and progress.
1: A horizontal straight line gives a sense of moving through time. It conveys futuristic tech savviness in a logo design.
2: <laughs> the use of vertical and horizontal lines creates a perfect balance for demonstrating reliability. Triangles do suggest energy and also danger, as this is associated with diagonal lines but in a simple solid structure.
0: Alrighty, so the last thing we're going to talk about is color psychology. Well, oh, the human eye can see 7
1: million colors. 7 million? Uh-huh, and some um, are irritating to the eye, and some of them are
0: aesthetically pleasing. Yes, as we know in some logos and advertisements, yeah. some of them just look Bad. Do you have an example?
1: I think. I'm sorry.
0: Nah, you're good. You're good. Let me think. Um, not the top of my head. What about you? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Probably something that's lime green. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to the next topic. Okay. Um, color psychology formally is known as the effect that colors have on moods behavior and feelings of people mm-hmm. yeah so let's give some examples of color psychology so Sydney whenever you think of blue what do you think of I always think of it as a sad color you yeah, know sad mm-hmm. I know some people could think of it as calming too right yeah definitely I can see that yeah so blue is known as a calming or sad color just like you said um, so, what about yellow? Yellow? Um, uh, makes me hungry. <laughs> I don't know how you're getting this right, but yellow is actually known as a attention-seeking color. It's found on food packaging, and it entices hunger as well. Wow, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so, red is another example. What do you think of when you see red? When I see red, I always think of anger or love yeah it's kind of at mm-hmm. yeah both ends of the spectrum red creates a feeling of urgency and appeals to impulse shoppers actually this is why we often see it as promotions or as a promotion for a sale yeah i just see it yeah. all the time yeah red can actually encourage appetite and stimulate the body too um how oh, is seen in everyday graphic design though Its use is found primarily in interior design, like decorating and marketing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, Individual colors also invoke a negative and positive feeling like you were talking about earlier. So it's used to promote products or create a desired atmosphere for something like interior design. It would be used in a home or graphic design would be used for a business.
1: and it can be seen in almost every commercial, even black and white commercials are made with intention. Does color have any relationship to consumers purchases?
0: So a website I was looking at earlier before this podcast uh, (laughs) uh, is called Kimp.io, And it says, we can see how powerful the use of color can be when considering logos and branding. Most companies will pick a color scheme and stick with it. And once that connection is made, they double down even more so. Some companies are even known to have trademarked a set of colors to protect their brand from being debuted by competitors in the same market. Nice. Yeah. So, sadly, we're drawing today to a close. It was so fun to talk about this stuff, and no boo. <laughs> Yeah, so we talked about
1: why designers intentionally manipulate style principles, colors, and shapes.
0: We gave examples from articles and had some videos explain some stuff to us. Today
1: provided the knowledge you need to determine the reasoning behind a designer's artistic decisions and how they manipulate various design aspects to persuade an audience.
0: Yeah. We'd like to thank Mr. Jake for giving us this opportunity to actually make a podcast for the first time and use the Designing Studio. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Sydney for being my partner. Yes, thank you, Lizzie, for bringing me gum. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: thank you, Red Bull, for keeping me awake. Heck yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you next time. Bye. That was good. That was good. That was cute. That That was cute. Yes.